Anna McFarlane is a marketing expert who coaches companies and brands on how to connect with their audience and maximize their social spaces. She is the founder of Marge Media, as well as popular Instagram accounts, Kids Are the Worst, Things Are the Worst, and Anna is the Worst, among other social media accounts, and has a fan base of more than 500,000 plus internationally and growing. Anna was one of People.com's 10 favorite moms on the internet and has been featured in the Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, Real Simple, and the Daily Mail, among others. She's written multiple guides, including Get Smart and Let's Talk, which gives families tools to have great conversations about tech and social media, as well as creating successful plans and contracts to use at home. Anna has been a personal mentor and friend to me, and I've learned so much from her in the past couple of years. Today, Anna and I are talking all about how you, yes, you have something specific and unique to offer the world, how it's never too late in the market is not too saturated to start something new, how to parent teens with technology in a safe and smart way, and how to be a light that you want to see on social media. Anna, thank you so much for being here today on a really busy day for you too. You have a lot going on today with this launch of your brand new, um, well, we can start with that. Let's start with what you launched today. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Thanks for asking. So I'm excited to be on your podcast. And I like how you're so professional with the microphone and the oh, headphone. Like, this is legit. And I'm just like, oh, did you want me to open my computer? No, you sound <laughs> perfect. You sound so good. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So the bead kits, um, I've, I've done smaller bead kits to, mo- to mostly test the waters and to see if people were as interested and and curious as I was. Mm-hmm. And, and then this was the first really big one, all the materials, all the packaging was branded and, you know, a lot, pretty much all the money we made last year, plus just went right into this, these three kits. So it's kind of my next step to say like, okay, but how serious are people like, how serious am I? Yeah. How much am I going to actually do this? So it's, it feels big, even though it, I don't know. I don't want to downplay it, but sometimes you're thinking, you know, you see all the things that people do and you're like, I know this just feels like a drop in the pan, but it feels really big in my heart right? <laughs> and in my face. Well, and I think that's the perfect intro to some of the things we're going to talk about today with, is there space for me? Can I start something new? Do I have anything to offer? So if that's something that the list, you, the listener that you are hearing and thinking, oh yeah, I've thought those, those same things before. We're going to talk about all of that. But I want to start before we get into that with, I think it's super interesting what your background is, where you actually did media campaigns and um, marketing for years. So can you Mm -hmm. just talk a little bit about that briefly and how that led you to being the social media queen? Yes. Thank you for queen. I appreciate the queen. (laughs) You, You deserve it. Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes people say guru and I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't feel right. But queen feels right. Okay. Uh, so I started as a, a copywriter and then a copy editor at a marketing firm over 22 years ago, right out of college. Actually, I started teaching kindergarten at a private school and was immediately like, 
nice, but no thanks. <laughs> like not for me. So I thought I was going to go to law school. And then when my husband was like, why do you want to go to law school? And I said, well, I think it'd be really interesting to understand the law as it pertains to business. Mm-hmm. He says, well, why don't you just go into business? So I'm, I said, I don't know. So then I just went into copy editing and I loved it. I loved copywriting. I loved copy editing. And we were doing direct mail and flyers and magazine <laughs> ads. I mean, this was, Old school. I remember when we tried to do emails and there were just so many difficulties and people would not give you their email address because it was like, this was only for my friends and family. Mm-hmm. So email marketing wasn't even a thing. And then it just slowly kept adding my skill set to do email and SEO, search engine optimizations, just really helping Google or Yahoo or whatever your search engine is to be able to find your content. So that was really fun. I ended up doing a lot of work when I had my kids once they were in bed. So they would go to sleep mm-hmm. and I would be up for two, three hours writing content and copy. And then I would probably go once a week to a meeting and find a babysitter, ask one of my sisters to watch my kids. And then I would go to a meeting, kind of get all the briefs or whatever. And then I would just work from home at night mostly so I could be around for my kids. And the more that grew and I just was trying to figure out what it is for me. You know, I tried the blog, but it just wasn't right. You know, all these people were growing on their blogs and, and I didn't really, it's like, I knew I wanted something for myself. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to share something for myself, but I was doing so much work for other people, for other businesses, for brands, for, you know, I worked at ad agencies and marketing agencies and all these different companies that I was working with. But it was like, but what about like, what am I, what do I want to do? And it just was not lining up. And even Facebook, it was like, I look at some of my old Facebook posts. I was like, (laughs) that was not my, that was not my place. Don't we all? Yes. I know it's a little embarrassing. Like back when it was, you would say what, what you you're are doing. or something. Yes. Corinne is happy yes. and busy. Back in the yeah. olden days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think what you're saying so, is super relatable where a lot of people find themselves in that I do hair or I whatever, you know, something that's just, just eating up all of your time. And you know, you kind of want to do something else, but it's like how to break away from whatever the status quo has been in your life for so long. Yes. And of course, I'm at a place right now where I can look back. So experience is my education for a lot of this or is my my teaching tool. So I can say, oh my goodness, looking back, I could see all of these things that I did, all of these steps, all of these people I met, all of these companies I worked with, even though it wasn't right or perfect. Mm -hmm. It was still just that one foot in front of another one step, one step, one step. And it was, it it got me to the point where I was at alt. Do you remember alt summit? Yes. And that was huge for me too. It was, it was more that like the the bloggers were huge at alt. It was like all about the bloggers Mm -hmm. and Instagram was really fresh and new, really fresh. And I remember sitting down with my husband and showing him Instagram and saying, this is going to be huge. And he said, it it looks like it's for ladies. (laughs) He's like, it looks like it's for ladies. I like Twitter. And I said, this is going to be so big. It's going to be so much more than I didn't know, like everything, but I was like, it's going to be more than ladies. Like this is the new email. This is going to be the new email. And he's like, whatever. It's totally not. 
And so that was like the fire. It was almost like all those pieces had kind of come together on my copywriting, all the marketing, all the brands I worked with, all the like it, the people I'd met, the blogging, like all that not quite being right. And then it was like Instagram. And I went, oh, I'm supposed to do something with this. Yeah. So that's when I started teaching businesses. I started, I'm not teaching them actually. At first I was just convincing businesses to use Instagram and they were a lot like my husband and they were like, it's just for ladies, you yeah. know, or, or it's just a magazine. It's just for pretty pictures. I was like, no, it's not. Like, this is for community building. Mm -hmm. I just, you got to see this. It's a community. But people were so into the filters and into, you know, all the perfection. I'm like, no, this, like, I believe in this. A few businesses believed me and tried it out and we just blew them up. And then the kids are the worst is one of the ones that I was talking to a client. And that was my anecdote is like, I could start an account called kids are the worst. Because that's what my friends and I always say is a joke when we want to like make each other feel better when our mm -hmm. kids are being rotten, just a little rotten, <laughs> just like a little. And then we would say like, ah, oh, kids are the worst. And then we can laugh because they're obviously not. And then we move on. I said, I could like say something that ridiculous and find moms who love their kids and they would want to be part of this community. And I, I can show like the ugliest pictures of kids like looking like a mess. And that's what we mostly did at the beginning was just mess pictures. Yeah. And moms will come and they didn't believe me. So I started it kind of as a bet because don't tell me that I can't do something because then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, how I found you was kids are the worst. I yeah. still I still vividly remember being out to dinner with some girlfriends and they were like, have you seen this? This is hilarious. And they just kept replaying over and over some video and like every, it just got funnier. Like we just kept laughing yeah. harder and harder at the same thing. That's the best part about small videos. They really, short videos, they just get funnier if they're funny. Yes. So yeah, that was actually like a, with a client of mine, it was like, I was trying to prove to them that you didn't have to have pretty pictures or perfect name. You could have something just to find the community. And then it just became such a fun passion for me and the community grew and then it really grew. And then it kind of took off for a while. It was like, oh no, what do I do with this? And, but then it was really good for me to then be on the other side of kind of like influencer ish, you know, mm -hmm. so I could see what it was like to have brands pitch me. So I was able to take that back to the brands I was working with to say, oh, this is how brands are pitching me. And I could kind of like feel both ends, which I thought was really beneficial. It was super beneficial and helpful for for that business relationship to kind of be able to see both sides in a way. Right. That's what I just kept doing. And then I started teaching more small businesses because I could only do so many bigger businesses. They just got bigger and bigger. And I wanted to help people with smaller, smaller businesses use Instagram yeah. to connect with people or in communities and influencers. Right. And I have really loved that. I've done a few of your sprints and courses and I just always like, I can genuinely feel from you when you're coaching people or trying to convince people to really go all in with social media. I can just feel that from you when you're like, you have something to offer. So let's talk about that. I just envision maybe a mom listening to this, sitting in carpool. And she is, like I said a minute ago, I just think of a friend of mine who was, would not let go of doing hair for forever, not because she loved hair, but because she was worried about actually having her Instagram and blog be big enough to take over what she was yeah. doing, being a stylist with people in the chair physically. 
Um, or, you know, maybe like you're a dental hygienist or you're something where you have to go be somewhere for so many hours a day, but like, there's this little thing that you're like, oh, I've always wanted to do this, or maybe I could start an account and share that, like that thing that I'm super passionate about. But I just like, I, I hear from people a lot of times, there's too many people who are doing it. It's too late. You know, it's too crowded. So what do you have to say to people who are feeling that? Well, first things first, I would say to just like lay the foundation is that social media is this amazing tool, all, all of them, depending on what you're on, not all of them, but you know, most of them is the, are these amazing tools for us to connect with people we've never been able to connect with before or wouldn't be able to, mm-hmm. to reach people. Like I would have never met you, right. You know, I, there are so many people that we wouldn't have met and genuine relationships and friendships that you wouldn't be able to meet without this awesome tool. Yes. So part one, And when people disparage it or say like, oh, social media is bad or it takes so much time from people or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. I say, but what if someone like you with good intentions, with a lot of love and light and positivity to share, what if you added that to social media and we flooded the tool with more goodness, with more tips, with more beauty, with more recipes. Like we think of it as being saturated, but what if we thought of it as actual light? I mean, I use that that word, that noun a lot about like sharing your light or what is your light. And if you think of it like that, if you think of it as a light and if everyone were shining that flashlight or that candle, like I don't think we would say, oh, it's oversaturated with light. No. We'd be like, wow, this is so bright. I feel so much better being on this. Mm -hmm. I feel uplifted. I feel full. I feel like I have enough now to then share with more. And, you know, my cup's overflowing and I can now give more. Yeah. You know, it's, it's when we are only having it removed from us. We're only having it take out and we're only emptying our cup with something like social media or like anything, books, movies, you know, even exercise, like anything can take you away from things that are important. And social media is just one more tool, just like exercise is a tool for health. Like social media can be a tool for connection. So it's like, think of it as light. And if you think of it as that, as like, can you oversaturate like goodness, light, or wouldn't it just be nice to have more light? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, why am I worried about oversaturation? What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. One of my partners, he's a dentist in another state. And he said, it's so funny how many dentists come to him and say, the market is oversaturated. And he said, are you joking? I have people flying in from California to my practice to get their teeth done from me. And there are people, there are plenty of dentists in California. Right. And he said, and also there's a lady that I just met in my neighborhood or that he actually knew, but she found, he, he found out she was driving to someone like 30 minutes past him to get dentistry done. He's like, but I, I'm right here. And so it's not like a saturation. It's finding the right people. Mm-hmm. It's finding the person that you connect with. Cause I can share something that resonates with, with one person, but then you could say it totally differently. Yeah. And more people will go like, oh, I like the way she said it. That actually means something to me. That actually connects with me as a person with my values, with my beliefs or whatever. And now I want to go there. So it's not about like offer. It's about connection. It's about 
people are waiting for you the way you say it, the way you share it, the way you add. I love that. Let's go into the dentist thing because I, I feel like we have a personal friend, a really good friend who I'm always like trying to encourage him to post more because he has this awesome personality and he's amazing at leadership and like their culture is just different in a cool way than anything I've ever seen in his office. And I'm not saying this is with him, but I think with a lot of people, they're kind of like, well, what would I post as a dentist or as a whatever, if you own a business, kind of like what you were saying in the beginning where businesses sometimes feel like, well, what do I have to offer on Instagram? Yeah, I think it's, it's, what would you say to someone if you met them at a party or met them at the neighborhood or whatever? You're not just going to show them pretty pictures. You're not gonna be like, look, look at how pretty everything (laughs) is. Like you're not, you're going to say, you know, and my brother actually taught me this and it was so interesting. We were at lunch and someone asked him, Hey, Hey, what do you do? And my brother like flipped the pistol really fast and said, well, what are you I can't remember how he did it. I'm trying to remember, but he like asked him a question about what his pain point was. And so instead of being like, hey, yeah, well, I'm an entrepreneur and I own a lot of businesses. Like instead of it being about my brother, he was like, well, tell me it is like what you do or what you're looking for. I can't remember how he did it exactly. All I remember is he flipped it onto the other person and didn't just ask them what they did. He asked them kind of what they needed or like Mm -hmm. what was their biggest pain in their business. And they were just like immediately opened up. And I would have thought, oh, people don't want to tell you their pain, right? away, but the guy did. And my brother was like, Oh, I got something for that. That's one of the things I do. And he like says, you know, here's the information. And that to me is what social media can be. It can be this, like, what is it that you're struggling with? What is your pain? Like pain and resolution is so much bigger than people even understand. Mm -hmm. For example, Corinne, you're like, Hey, do you want to find beautiful clothes? But you know, not have to scour or spend so much time or find the deals on them? Or, you know, do you want to have someone who's helping you curate style or find fun things to do with your family? Like instead of you having to go and search for the whole thing, is this a problem you have? You don't have the time, you don't have the energy, or you don't have, you don't feel confident in choosing for yourself. Like I'll do it for you. And it's not because it's like, see, I already have it. It's like, I'm doing this to make your life easier. Mm -hmm. And you bring up the pains that people would have for a dentist. It could be like giving tips, giving ideas, giving concepts, showing those cool culture things in a way that it makes it feel really beneficial to the other person. Like, do you feel like you go to the dentist and nobody remembers that you were complaining about your toothache last time? Mm -hmm. Like we will never forget your toothache or Obviously, that's not the perfect example, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, it's it's those things that say, like, here's what people struggle with, with dentists in general or with dentistry or their kids are scared or they they feel uncomfortable at the dentist or they don't they feel like they're always getting upcharged or whatever that pain is and just kind of like show how it's different. And you could do this 10 different ways for each problem. And, but that's like, usually, you know, this is usually what we like try to uncover when I talk more one-on-one with people. So I can like say like, well, what is it really that you want to do? What is it really that your business provides? What is it really that your client needs from you? And then it's like, okay, here's how you share it, you know? Yeah. And if people are trying to kind of just get that going and they have no idea where to start or if they feel intimidated, 
I mean, you offer a great course that's like a beginner. I'm going to just show you the ropes and show you everything, which we'll definitely, we can link to at the end. Are there like a couple things that you could tell someone who's intimidated, but they want to start and they just don't even know where to? Yeah. So I have like a, I don't know what the chart's called. I can't think right now, but when you have like three circles like, mm-hmm. and they kind of overlap, why is that escaping my mind right now? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Venn diagram. I think it's a Venn diagram. And, and so you have like the one circle is things that you love. What can you talk about all the time? You can talk about it to anyone who asks, like for me, like that's where the beads started coming in again. Cause I could, if someone goes, I like your beads. I'm like, Oh, do you want to know where I've got them? And do you want to know why this kind? And do you want to like me to show you how to knot it? What are the things that's number one. Number two is what are the things that people ask you about? What are, what do they know you for? What do people call you up or text you and say, Hey, what is it? Like, how do I do this? Or where do you find that? Or whatever that question is, this thing that like people come to you for. And then the third is uh, the thing that you can make money on. So even if you're thinking, well, I don't want to make money. I just want to have a community. That's how I was with Kids Are the Worst, right? And and so a lot of times we're like, oh, I don't want to make money. But at the end of the day, there has to be some kind of value exchange for you to keep doing it. Yeah. If you feel like you are constantly just giving and people are calling you all the time, asking you for advice or opinions, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I need a break. Like I have my other things I got to do. It doesn't have to be money, but there can be some exchange of value that, so what we just say you can make money on. So you can kind of understand, yes, I can see a way I can make money on this. And then where those all intersect, like the thing that repeats in all three of those circles. And then that's your, that's your thing you share. So what we do technically, typically is, and this is what I did on my blog as I was like, I am such an interesting person. Like, I know that like Corinne, she's, all exactly Just, so much about but me. That's no, so like, cool. <laughs> my blog, I was like, no, it's me though. I'm interested. Like we all do this and I get messages like this all the time. It's like, but I'm so eclectic, but I am so interested in more than just one thing. Like, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> like the rest of us. Right. But I can say it because I genuinely felt that myself. It was mm-hmm. like, but I can't just talk about one thing. I want to talk about the bachelor and I want to talk about recipes and I want to talk about kids and I want to talk about travel. And I want to talk about writing and I want to talk about books. I love it was all over the place. Why wasn't it successful? And it was a, uh, like, what would anyone say about me? They'd be like, she's nice. Like she's kind of like, she talks about a lot of, there was nothing, there was nothing for people to share. So instead of going, I want to talk about a lot of things. Find that one thing that it's like you could keep talking about, people ask you about, and you could make money on and start with that. That doesn't mean you can't add things later, but you have to be so specific at first to make sure you keep going and to make sure people can share you and make sure that you can kind of like grow that. Right. Don't you feel like, have you seen the car mom? Do you know her account? Oh my gosh. You would love it. You C-A-R? The car mom. Specifically with what you do, you would love it. But I've had, we had her on the podcast, Kelly. She's so awesome, but she grew up in a family where they have a car dealership. And so she knew everything about cars and she hated it that so many women felt intimidated about buying cars. So she just started an account to just share tips on 
how to negotiate a car sale and what you should be looking for and how this car's cup holders suck and how like just all things about cars. And her account blew up so fast. I found her at the beginning of COVID and I think she had like 18,000 followers or something at that point. And now I don't even know where she's at. She's, it's going to be a lot. And now she has 262,000 followers. Oh my gosh. In two years. And Corinne, that is a perfect example of it's not too late. Mm -hmm. Like Exactly. I, I mean, I can think of so many people. I was talking to our mutual friend, Susan Peterson, and she yeah. was like, it's amazing. The people that have grown in um, their brand, in their accounts, just over the last two years, it's just a whole new influencer world. It's a yes. whole new business world. Yes. And and it's not because um, because everyone was tired of anyone. It was just that there was something else. There was someone was able to capture either a reel or understanding reels, or someone was just doing really well on TikTok, or they were really funny, or they talked about cars, or think of like there are about five accounts that talk just about cleaning. Yes. And I kind of love those. And I don't even like to clean. It's just interesting. (laughs) That's how I feel about about cake in general, like cake accounts or calligraphy no interest in cleaning. See, look at this three C's. (laughs) I have no interest in doing them, but they're so mesmerizing. I'll just like watch. Yes. The cake spinning and the frosting and then the drip. And it's like super entertaining. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want to make it, but I want to watch it. It just feels so satisfying. So there's so much space, like car people, cake people, Mm -hmm. uh, cleaning people, someone that's just, there's a girl, do you know the daily today? She, she is kind of, she's a comedian, but she just was doing these really simple reels Mm -hmm. and just also just took off because it was just different. It was funny. It was new. Like there's, we could probably go back and forth with people that are newer that have just come on the scene in the last year or two and are just completely disrupting or adding or, uh, taking over. Yeah. Phil's my pharmacist. Do you know? Yes. His account also, right. You were the one who told me about him. I don't know, but his account is so awesome. It's just genuinely super helpful. Like I'll, I learn things all the time and I think that's why he's blown up so quickly. So think about that. That's, it goes back to the Venn diagram, things that you could talk about Mm -hmm. forever, the car person, cleaning people, pharmacy, Like it's already things that you are passionate about and you like to talk about. And then something that people ask you about and something you can make money on. And you're not, you might not make money right away and it might take a long time or it might be like the hair salon, you know, or a hairstylist, you know, just, and I don't know if you saw this and I I apologize to those listening because you can't access this, but Corinne can. (laughs) We did a hot seat in one of our groups just yesterday on the hair salon. I missed it going live somehow, but I watched the replay. And that yeah, was super and, interesting. Well, yeah, because it's like, if you want to be an expert or you want to have a class, you wanted to teach a class later on with like hair tips. So then stop showing final hair pictures of like what it would look like if you were in her chair and start sharing tips that everyone can use. So you become an expert. Yeah. So you become someone that people go, oh, you've got to follow her for her hair tips. Mm-hmm. Or if your hair is dry, she's the dry hair expert or whatever yes. that is. Like you have to start telling people who you are so that you can transfer into whatever that 
money-making business could be, yes. you know? So what about the person who's listening to this? Because I've had so many friends say this to me. Oh, I, Instagram just doesn't work anymore. It's, I'm not growing. Yeah. Nobody sees my stuff. No one cares. I don't get any comments. I La, la, la. All of that. What do you say to those people? Well, in person, <laughs> I'm just kidding. When I see it happening, I'm like, when people complain, you know, on their reel or something, I'm like, come on, <laughs> move on, do something good. Yeah. Like, I just, my poor kids, they just know that like, I have a very low tolerance for complaining. But <laughs> that being said, I will tell friends like, okay, well, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you're using? If you are saying me posting a picture on Instagram, like I did five years ago, still doesn't work. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It doesn't. And, and it's a good thing because think of yourself as a consumer, mm -hmm. as a viewer, as a person on the other side and how bored you get. Think of like, if you have to watch a show on TV and you have to be there at seven Eastern six central, <laughs> And you have to watch it with commercials and you can't record it. You would be like, what? <laughs> I don't like this. Like, I want to have the experience I'm used to. And then you have to wait for a week to watch the next episode. You'd be so put out. But because we are now changing and adapting, now we have things, you know, that we can access whenever we want. So that's what Instagram is doing is it is changing as our interests are changing, as the ways we want to consume are changing, as the way we want to be uh, reached and, and shared and shared and learn and all of those things and entertained. So it's changing with us or just ahead of us. And if we're not willing to use it in the ways that we want, that it's, that it's going, then of yeah. course it's not going to work the same for us. Right. But, but that, sorry, that very same thing is like, but then you have people like the car mom that's working for her. Yep. Like you can't say it's not working. It's just like, but what are you willing to do to make it work? Yes. Cause it does work. Yes. And it is going to keep working because they still have over, what was it? 700 million daily users on the app. Like, come on, it's still working. Yeah. Well, and I'll give you a plug too for anyone who's listening to this who's in that exact boat where you're like, I've been doing this or I've been on Instagram for a long time and I feel stagnant or stuck or whatever. Your BLT course is not course group. Yeah. Is it's qualified on that program. So awesome because you're giving real time tips every month in this just really like smaller community. And it's perfect for anyone who feels like, gosh, like this is supposed to be my big thing. And I'm having yeah. a hard time transitioning into reels or whatever's new right now, or you just really want some extra help. It's 100% worth it. And I loved the way that you talked about, would you invest in a course? Would you pay for your kid to go take a class at a local college? Like this is, it's less expensive than even that would be. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, if you could make a little more money, it'd be obviously worth it. Yeah. And just keep doing it, you know? Yep. So we'll, again, link to that stuff at the end. That's but nice. I want to transition into how social media can be good even for younger people. And we talked a little bit offline just before starting 
this recording about how you and I both feel really passionately that social media can be used for so much good. And I would like to talk specifically about teenagers and technology and what some of your views are on how to appropriately give your kids technology and warm them up to things so that they can see that it can be used in a positive way instead of just handing them a phone when they're 18 and sending them off to college and saying, here you go. Good luck. Yeah. So just to preface, um, if, if someone's listening and they're like, why is she suddenly talking about this? Uh, there was about six or seven years ago, I was at a middle school dance for one of my kids. And I can't remember who suggested we put a hashtag on a sign, one of the parents, you know, for the kids to use. And I overheard these parents talking like, I don't even understand what hashtags are for. My kids teach me everything. And I said, well, well, uh, mm, I wouldn't suggest that. Like hashtags are kind of dangerous if yeah. you let your kids use them. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, it was kind of this awkward, like, what am I supposed to say? I don't know people really well. And I went home and I talked to my husband about it and I prayed about it. And I said, I just feel really called right now at that time to teach parents more about social media for their kids to have these conversations with their teenagers, because you can't just say, I don't get it. My kids teach me everything I know. So this is like six years ago. So I did a lot of research. I talked to a lot of experts and I, because I'd been in marketing and I'd been on online marketing. So I understood hashtags and cookies and ISPs and all these things. And I just kind of assumed everyone knew it. You know, it's kind of what we do. We just assume everyone yeah. under- knows that. And I was like, oh, people don't know about this. They don't know they're getting retargeted. No. Like, wait, I wrote a course for parents and teens. And then I wrote a course after that for just anyone. It was like two and up. If As soon as a kid can start using an iPad or a tablet is when you start talking to them and using this other course. So that's kind of where my why I can talk about this as well. Cause it's not just like, Oh, I have opinions. Right. I also have like some experience in this and Research, I've, teaching. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So with that being said, I'd like that you said teenagers, because we need to teach our kids kind of step-by-step step, just like we learned and a child should not have access to social media. Right. Mostly because it's a world that they can't understand and they can't handle and they can't manage. It's almost like you think of just one step at a time. And there's a bunch of reasons why these apps, these tools make it so that the, it's called the COPPA, the the child online privacy protection act makes it so that these apps, you have to be 13 or older to access. There are multiple reasons, but mostly it's just that for the companies can't own information on anyone under than 13. So at the end of the day, that's like the big reason. And when you kind of hear it like that, you're like going, wait, why would I want my 12 or 11 year old to have access to it? It's not about their friends. It's about not having giant businesses owning information about your child. Yeah. Like that's number one. And now at 13 is a time when we kind of like walk them through it and start talking them and showing them. And we have, we have a rule in our house that 13 is obviously the soonest, but that doesn't mean you get it at 13. And we, each kid, we set up like, okay, what do you have to feel like prepared for or doing in your life or grades you should be having or activities. 
And then you can start one social media account and then a time wipe, right? So then I'm like walking with them and making sure that they feel comfortable and confident. It's not just like, yay, you're 13. Here's Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and <laughs> yeah. all the things, right? You're kind of just like training them. So that is important for the kids to have eventually one of my kids, they didn't even get any of any of those until 15. And he and I have a lot of conversations and he's, he's deletes the apps off his phone sometimes because he can feel himself, you know, really getting um, addicted to it. Not addicted. That feels like a really strong word. Um, just thinking about it too often. Yeah. The reliance on to- checking it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but it's important for them to learn those types of things as in like deleting an app off your phone. If you're feeling like it's not serving you when they are in my home, like fail at home so that when you're 18, you don't just have access to everything and not know how to regulate and control and like fail with me. It's open. If you see something, when, sorry, when you see something, we talk about it Yeah, and then we make a plan for it. So it's not like, it's not doomsday. It's just these little muscles mm-hmm. that we are having them exercise so that when they are 18, 19, whatever, and they're on their own, it's not this brand new muscle they're trying to figure out. If they've already worked the muscle, they know how to handle these apps and these tools in the real world in a way that can be healthier. Yeah. So if you had kind of a general age that you think is helpful for a kid to have their first social media account, see, 13 feels really scary to me. But for some kids, it totally is. Yeah. And for one of my kids, it was, he was so uh, expressive and creative And it was just monitored a little bit differently than, you know, other kids, but it was like, it made sense for him to have access at 13 because he was making certain videos and they were super funny and creative. And it was a private account. He only had so many people that were sharing it, but it was still just like, it was a muscle. Yeah. And then, you know, you could kind of see if you liked it. So it's not like you're 13, you get Instagram and you can have a public account and post whatever you want and, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, you're 13, here's our parameter or you're 14. Mm -hmm. And and I never like to say ages just because having three kids who've already been 13 and one that's close, I can tell you the vast difference, not just in them, but in the apps when they turned 13 or 14, like totally different. Well, and And, my mom will say, too, in her seasoned having raised four children stage of motherhood, that each kid was super different in their needs and their what was appropriate for them and in every aspect of raising them. So that makes sense to me. Totally. And it's like it, it, it it's very clear in our home. It's like it's not you're 13 and Maggie got it when she was 13. And it's like, no, no, no. What do you need? Mm-hmm. I care about you. Like, this is our conversation. This is our relationship. This is your life. Like, what matters to you? So then it's just because, yeah, I mean, fair doesn't exist, right? So <laughs> get over it. Right. <laughs> Again, my poor kids. If they're going to go use it as soon as they're in college, wouldn't you rather have them have a little bit of a taste of that while they're still under your roof? Yeah. Well, again, it's that fail at home, fail with me, Yeah. fail where it's safe, fail where there's love and growth. And we're like, Hey, it's okay. 
like, now what do we do? Because eventually they're going to have to fail on their own. Of course, I'm around, but you know, it's, it's different. And I will say, and not that you asked about this, but the TikTok algorithm is created in a way that it gives you the stickiest content for the first hour you're on uh, generally. And the stickiest content is usually not things that you or I would like. (laughs) It's like a little more salacious. It's a lot of dancing. It's a lot of young people. It's a lot of cursing. It's just, it's the kind of things that are the most viral in your area. Mm -hmm. So it's based on where you live, like within so many miles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you might see them something like for us, we're in Utah. And so we'll see things like Utah schools ranked by sodas, of course, I don't know. And, and you're like, how did they know I was in Utah? They totally like they measure where you are and then they, they give you all this content. So it's a learned app, like most of them are, mm-hmm. but TikTok is like highly learned. So it will just share, show you the stickiest stuff, which is usually trash. And you have to swipe through so much stuff. You have to search things first. You have to go find things. So that's what I've done with my kids is I sit with them for the first hour. Now, can I just back up and say, helping your kids be on social media takes work and time. Yeah. But it's also worth it to me because I would rather have this than to have them just like let them do whatever they want. Like we get them 18 years and then, you know, once your kids are 18, you'll be like, wait, did I, ah, you know, yes. so it's, it's a lot of time to sit with a kid and watch TikTok with them to train the app, to give them the right type of content. But once you do it, and then you gotta, you gotta keep doing it. Cause once you engage or you watch something more than once, you know, and you loop potential type thing or looping and completion rate and all that stuff. And then it will give them more of that type of content. So if you engage on certain accounts, it's going to give you more of that content. So you have, you're constantly training it. It's a learned app, but that first hour, I think most parents would be like, get this thing away. Cause it is intended to make you like play with all those sensations that are carnal, right, <laughs> you know? Right. Which is, I think why a lot of people, myself included are kind of like, Ooh, this is scary. Totally. And I, I completely get it. And if you can understand like, okay, it's learned and I can actually train it again. It's like a dog or something. You're like, I don't want to train a dog. But then once you do, you're like, this is the best thing ever. It can be really beneficial and helpful, but you have to train it. And we don't want to do that. We just want to say, oh, it's bad. But that's like all these apps, like all these things that's with kids, with ourselves, like Everything worth doing takes a little bit of work. You want to grow your account? It takes some work. You want your kids to learn social media? It's going to take work. You want to use a really um, amazing tool or app? It's going to take some work. You know, you just have to like train it to do what you want it to do, not what it thinks you should do. Yes. Yeah. I love that advice. Well, Anna, I really have just so appreciated all of these things that we've talked about. And my last question is, if there's one message that you want the people listening to this to remember, what do you want that one message to be? That is the heaviest <laughs> question. No pressure. Oh, because, you know, I could go on for probably another hour knowing me. Um, one thing that I would want people to know, I guess, is that there is goodness And if you can't find goodness, be goodness. And that's, I say it on the apps, but I think it's 
everywhere. You know, every time I move into a new area and neighborhood, we say like, we got to invite people to dinner. And we're always like waiting for people to invite us, you know, because we're new. Yeah. It's like, no, just start inviting people. And when we started doing that and it was like, wait, if we just put a little bit of effort in and take the responsibility instead of waiting for good things to happen, instead of waiting for, you know, success to come or to leave your chair where you're doing hair or, you know, like look for good. And if you can't find it, be good, mm-hmm. be the light. And then you'll be amazed at how much light you'll start to find. Yeah, Light finds light. So if you can't, if you can't find the light, be the light and you'll be amazed at how it'll all start coming to you anyway. I love that. So well said. So where can people find you if they want to take one of your courses on either growing social media at just the beginner level, or maybe if they want to be in your BLT group because they're stuck and they want to grow more from where they're at, or they want to do one of your teen tech courses, where can they find all of that? Yeah. So my Instagram account, big surprise, (laughs) is Anna is the worst. A-N-N-A is the worst. And then I also am at AnnaMcFarland.com. But you know, without spelling it out, it's spelled McFarland is always spelled like a hundred ways. The other thing is um, you can't get to the BLT without a specific link. So we'll have to make sure I get you that right link because you can't just go find it online. We make sure that people really want it okay. because we give so much in there. So yeah. it's a little bit of a of gatekeeping a little yeah. bit, but in the good way. <laughs> so, well, we'll put links to all of those things in the show notes and then, oh, and your beads if anyone's listening oh, yeah. to this and they love beads where they where can they find your bead kit i'm like i was like making something right here do you like it's like right here oh my gosh me. so fun. right on my desk my clean desk a uh, shop no doy and no doy is spelled d-o-i so it's like you know no doy like no duh yeah I love it. <laughs> it was so funny when we made the name for the business but now i'm like did i say this right or spell this right we laughed It'll i got fine. it I, I knew what you were saying. So, okay. Yeah, so shop no doy, shop no doy.com and on Instagram. Okay. We'll put all of those in the show notes. So thanks again awesome. for doing thanks, this. Thanks, Karen. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode. Oh, 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 oh,